Many have tried, many have failed, and she is one of them. It's Fitless with Bianca Brady. Welcome back to Fitless, another episode. And this week we're chilling things out. Usually we talk about physical fitness and exercise, but this week we are taking a turn into the world of mental fitness, meditation. And I have uh, <laughs> ghosts. Yeah, that's what ghosts do because <laughs> they can't exercise anymore. Um, and this week I'm joined by two guests plus a third audience member slash guest. Um, and I'm so excited to welcome back to the show my second ever guest, Liz Glazer. Hello, it's great to be back. <laughs> and a new guest, I'm so excited to welcome you. It's Mike Kaplan. Hello. I'm excited to be welcomed. Thank you. And <coughs> Catherine is here. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Um, okay, so this episode we're going to be talking about meditation Specifically, what we did was a guided meditation through an app that you can all get called Headspace. But before we do that, I just want to check in. Mike, tell me a little bit about like your relationship with fitness, whatever that means to you sure. throughout your life. Uh, I was a, I, I think, you know, if I had to break it down for most of my life, I would have been like, I'm a brain person, not a body person. But I know that the brain is part of the body and the body is controlled by the brain. But I definitely <clears throat> was like, you know, quote unquote, good in school, which doesn't mean that I couldn't also be physically fit, but I wasn't like as encouraged. Uh, like I played in Little League baseball. My, my school that I went to for elementary, I think we had a baseball team and a soccer team that all the boys played on and like the girls were on a <clears throat> uh, field hockey and softball uh, did I say softball for me? Probably You baseball. said baseball. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I like softball better. <laughs> um, and also, I don't know how that school is doing things now that we know as much as we do that there are more than two genders. But, and that gender is a construct and a spectrum. And, uh, Just like softball. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> uh, how, maybe they use a ball that's like mid-range between the, the softball and the hard ball. Well, that's uh, probably why they came up with the concept of gender, because they only had two sizes of ball. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess we had to <laughs> split it right down the middle. Um, but uh, so I, I remember that I moved, and like when I was in my new town, I played Little League like baseball once, and I was like, I mostly like sat out, like I wasn't a starter. And I remember doing the presidential fitness test when I was, we probably did it for a few years, but I remember like around when I was 12 or 13, you know, I was really good at the sit and reach. You know, I was very flexible more than anything else. Uh, I think there were times when I could not do any pull-ups at all. Uh, and I ran a mile, I think, in like more, it was like around 13 minutes, which like I maybe could, I, I'm sure I couldn't walk a mile on that now, but it's closer. I can walk pro almost faster than I could run then because I would like not be able to even make it. I remember when I was sometime in high school, I was like, I'm going to try to get in shape. And I like tried running. And I could, I could make it like, you know, somewhere between like 10 and 15 minutes without stopping. But then I got tired. And then I remember a, our gym teacher slash health instructor 
told us in class one day, they were like, if you go, if, when you start like working out, if you're trying to like lose weight or get in shape, it's like the first 20 minutes are really like mostly warm up and then you'll be burning. <laughs> and I was like, the first 20 minutes, I was like, I can't even do <laughs> yeah. the first. So I was like, forget about it. But th- then in college, uh, I became vegetarian, which wasn't for health. It was for, you know, animal uh, treatment. But by happenstance, I also around the same time started like learning more about the fact that I could get in. I I guess I used to think that my body was just like, this is how good a shape I'm in and I can't get any better. Like this is my natural, uh, my natural state. And my mom had a membership to a gym uh, that was like in the Woodcliffe Lake Hilton in New Jersey. Sure. And I would be, I could go as her guest. And so like I'd be on break from school and I would go and they had like treadmills and like HBO playing. And so I would like, I would run as much as I could and then I would walk and then, and because a movie would be playing, I would just stay there and I would like be on the treadmill for like an hour and a half to two hours at a time. And eventually over the course of, you know, a summer or whatever it was, I found that, you know, the times that I needed to stop and walk became like fewer and farther between. And eventually I could run for hours and hours. I'm like, oh, my body can change into being in better shape. And then I went a little nuts about it. Uh, I don't mean to be ableist. Uh, is nuts. Um, I mean, I eat a lot of almonds. <laughs> I eat some right now. Um, <clears throat> but I, I definitely became mentally unhealthy a little bit about my physical health because I got excited that I could, like, because I'd been like a little chubby at least. And I felt like, oh, I can lose weight. But like, I was still vegetarian. I wasn't yet vegan, but I stopped eating like dessert. Or if I ate a dessert, like I remember one summer, like probably the year before I turned, I was about to turn 21 and be a senior in college. Uh, I was like running every day for like, there was this loop at the summer camp I worked at where you could run like three and a half miles. And I would do that, if not every day, like certainly I'd do it the days after I ate a dessert. And I was like, oh, I eat a dessert? Well, I'm going to go running, which isn't necessarily like the worst mindset. But for me, I just, it be, I was, I have sometimes an obsessive personality. And so when I got back to school, my friends were like, you're skinny, like, and I was like, thank you. And they're like, no, like <laughs> too skinny. Yeah. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then I, I think I got at age 21, a new driver's license. And I looked at the picture and my neck was super skinny. And I was like, Ooh, like I didn't see it becoming that way. Cause I looked at myself in the mirror every day. And I was like, I guess I can start eating cheesecake again. And then, uh, then I became, uh, vegan and I, which is also again, not explicitly about health, but I started caring more about like paying attention to what my body was doing, like what was going in it exactly. Like not, you know, not eating too little, not eating too much. Ideally, like I still, I, I guess I would still like now eat a lot of things that I wanted to, but then also like exercise the uh, quote unquote, the right. I would, I would aim to be in some sort of healthy range of movement. Uh, I used to run and I stopped running and now I mostly for exercise walk, sometimes do Tai Chi meditate, which is mostly not moving around uh, unless it's walking meditation, which there are some. Uh, And I think now it's now. Yeah, that brings us up to speed. Um, Yeah, I think a lot of people get into that dessert equals running and, you know, this much cake equals this much running, which isn't actually a mathematical thing that makes sense, I don't think. I mean, maybe in terms of like calories in, calories out, but when you start to conceive of cake as this like 
thing that requires extra attention in a whole nother area. It was like treating it almost like a punishment. I'm right. Like, if you're going to have this enjoyment, then you're going to have this detracting from, which ultimately, I mean, running can be enjoyable, exercise can be enjoyable, but I'm glad that my, you know, I had the external check of my friends being like, you know, cause I would have, I used to think like I was like a corporation where it's like just more and more, like more skinny <laughs> is better, more right. money is better. Yeah. But eventually like, uh, what's happening to all the, you know, like I was polluting my body with, you know, making my body not exist. Yeah. I found that I've never been able to be, to sort of incorporate any level of precision into how I treat what I put into my body or, um, how I move or move it around in the world. Like I remember deciding to be a vegetarian in high school one day and then I literally turned a corner into a room and there was free pizza mm -hmm. everywhere. And I just said, as long as there's free buffalo chicken pizza in this world, it's not going to happen for me. I like have no. I totally get that. So yeah, I, I find it really fascinating when people have this relationship with their bodies that's like more, just more naturally, just by virtue of who you are, aware of what's happening and less just sort of lit flying by the seat of your pants, so to speak. For me, like I'm glad to sort of be, have gotten to a place <clears throat> where I'm like comfortable with, you know, I eat not, I hopefully not more than I need. Yeah. Like, you know, I used to, like if I would go to uh, a restaurant for lunch and have like, you know, a wrap that was in two pieces, like I used to be like, mm, I eat it all now, but now I'll be like, do I quote unquote, need to eat it all now. I definitely don't need to. And like, I'll be even happier if I have more later. Like I could get like most, like some joy now or like what some joy now and some joy later and the additional joy of not feeling like I ate too much and like was more full than necessary. So my goal is to, sometimes I'll like go, and this isn't necessarily even the most healthy thing, I'm sure. But there are some people who do this. Like I sometimes just go a while without eating like in a day mm -hmm. and I'm like, I don't think I need, like sometimes I'll have an apple in the morning, but I don't, I don't have a huge breakfast usually, but sometimes like, I feel like the longer I go without eating, then the, the more I feel justified about eating, you know, cause sometimes when I start eating, I just like, mm, eating, ah, yeah. ah. Yeah. or like if I'm at night watching something and I'm like, huh, watching, eating things happens while I watch things. Like, I don't know. And That's so I'm, a whole like term now in the fitness world, in, right? intermittent fasting which mm, is a right. big thing now where you only eat for an eight-hour chunk of the 24-hour day and the mm -hmm. rest of the time. And then you exercise while you're fasted. I don't know. It seems like a lot of math. I mean, yeah. For me, I'm like, I have these, you know, compulsive tendencies. Like, I don't want to, you know, appropriate anybody's, uh, you know, mental illness. Right. Uh, or, and I also, like, as same thing with, like, I might have been bordering on an eating disorder if I hadn't, you know, mm -hmm. put myself in check. And again, maybe, maybe not, you know, uh, and I, but I think all these things are sort of a spectrum of behaviors that you can have some of the behaviors without being fully, uh, the thing. Totally. Uh, and I, so for me, if the goal is to be like, you know, hel as healthy as possible, some of that involves being like, not as compulsive as I, as I could be. And so sometimes to be like, oh, if I want to be as physically fit as I can be, whatever that means. If I want to be a certain weight and a certain body type, if I do, 
and assert, eat a certain amount and exercise a certain amount, like to get it to the point like that I could have like scientific precision would involve then that would detract from the mental health where I don't, because I don't want to be like, oh, I, I'll check in and I'll weigh myself. Like I used to weigh myself a lot and now I hardly, I went yeah. to give blood at the doctor today and weighed myself for the first time in a while. I'm like, oh good. It's within like a five pound range of what I thought I was and or should be or could be. Like, you know, I feel like at my heaviest, I weighed 30 pounds more than this. At my lightest, I weighed like 20 pounds less than this Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, as an adult. And yeah, that was like, I weighed at the time when my friends pointed out how skinny I was, I was like 127 pounds. It's just fascinating to me that pretty much everyone I've ever met goes through these same sorts of negotiations, mm -hmm. but it's not some, that we talk about, you know, exercise and diet as a culture so often, but I don't feel like we spend enough time talking about how everybody is negotiating and putting a little in this pot, a little in this pot, a little and, in this pot. And we look at each other and look at other people and be like, wow, how did they do it? And you can right. learn what other people do, but their body is different. Their metabolism is different. Catherine and I on the way over here, we're talking about, uh, like I haven't done as much research or reading about this, but she says, you know, like the, the new research people are doing about, you know, your gut bacteria and mm. like, you know, some either like thin person could get like a, a fecal transplant from an, uh, a less thin person. And mm. then they, their body now has this bacterial environment that they now are the, or the other way around, like, mm -hmm. so that there's so much that's like unknown that, and we put value judgments and moral judgments on like, oh, that if that person weighs more, they must not have willpower. They must not be trying enough mm -hmm. when if you had their genetics uh, yeah. or their bacterial environment in your gut, like then you would also, you know, we can't all, like we're not all Usain Bolt and we're not all uh, who are the Usain Bolt of dieting. Well, it's interesting also because um, like on the topic of meditation, related to this, at least for me. So first of all, um, so I started meditating more regularly because of you, Mike, um, because I learned it by watching me. <laughs> yes. Um, because, uh, yeah, you, you had been doing headspace and then you were saying the joke on stage about headspace at that time that like we were hanging out a lot, a lot. Sure. And, um, we'll hang out more again. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it was the one where your app broke. Oh yeah. And then it was, I mean, I, I don't do the thing where I say a joke <laughs> that someone, I don't do the mic thing. There, there's but. a bunch of, <laughs> a bunch of meditation jokes that I have, but one of them was a true thing that happened once was I was meditating like a 10 minute thing and, but there's long stretches of, you know, silence sometimes. <clears throat> and for a while I was like, huh, seems like it's been a long time. I guess I'm really in it. And then I looked and the app had crashed. And I was like, oh, I've been <laughs> yeah. I've been sitting here for, it was probably only 20 minutes. But. I've been right. wasting my yeah. time. <laughs> I've been just being calm all day. Yeah. I don't have time for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, I, and I was at that time, you know, there was like a lot going on emotionally for me, which is all the time. But um, <laughs> when was that? <laughs> right. <laughs> so distinguishable. Must be before, from, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, and so then, I downloaded it, and then we would meditate together sometimes. Oh, yeah. I feel like a bunch around that time, the beginning like the of winter, this calendar year. the beginning yeah. of the calendar year. Yeah, so it was a great way to ring in 2017 because we yes. meditated on January first. Yes. We well, did. you, Mike, gifted me a free trial of oh, Headspace, yeah. <laughs> which I did exactly one session of. Fair enough, and. 
Well, I, was like, too. Yeah. I was like, that was great. <laughs> Can't wait till tomorrow. <laughs> Smash cut to right now. But right. then the buffalo chicken pizza of meditation. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like a dumb cartoon, like, <laughs> like dumb guy. This thing's good for me. I'll go the other way. Yeah. yeah. It's so, I mean, it's, it's not great. But um, I did in high school belong to a Buddhism meditation group, but mm. only because my high school boyfriend went and I wanted to hang out with him. You wanted to be all one with him? Yeah, <laughs> and we would go to this guy Lloyd's office who was a therapist and do the meditation group and I would just be so bored the whole time. Ah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then, you know, like five-minute chunks of liking it, five-minute chunks of being bored, which I think is probably part of the process. Sure. It can can be. you guys talk about, like, how coming to meditation more and more, how, it, how your relationship to it has changed? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, <clears throat> I mean, I... I haven't done it in a few days. I don't know exactly how many days, um, but I feel like I've been in, you know, another emotionally turbulent moment, um, but of a different sort from the one when I started. So I feel like, so I, I went through a breakup in December and then I went through like another phase of a breakup with the same person last week. And I feel like the December one was like very clear like this is a breakup and I I feel like then I just like dove into okay I'm gonna do things that are really good for me um and one of them was meditating and doing it every day and being you know religious about it and whatever because I felt at that time like oh okay I need this whereas I think that this time I mean you know there are all sorts of complicating factors one of them could be that you know, it was sort of a more drawn out process. It was the second breakup. And so it's like, this one was less definite, it seemed like. And so going into like all the self-care has been a little bit harder for me this time. Yeah. Like, do I actually need this? Which is also dumb cartoon of me. Right. I get it. Yeah. I mean, nothing works. So (laughs) why do anything? Right. So. Everything's fine. <laughs> why, why, why did I do anything? Um, I just spilled some seltzer. Everything's okay. Uh, yeah. So, but, you know, um, so I guess, like, just to answer your question about, you know, the changing yeah, relationship. Please, would you? Yeah, right. <laughs> Something's got to work. Then I'll answer your question. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, what I was going to say before with the transition from the physical to the meditation was that I had read a thing about how meditation, I guess, like makes certain, like it can make your gut smaller. Mm. That was a thing I read. I don't know. You know, I'm not a scientist. I didn't, you know, run the experiments on my own. I mean, I've done a lot of scanning of headlines that say Mm -hmm. it literally changes the whole structure of your brain to yeah. make it better. Yeah. And then Russell Simmons gets on TV and talks about, you know, public school kids and everyone's graduating mm. just because of meditation. Right. <laughs> right. It's like a cure-all. Yeah. And I, I don't, you know, 
I guess like I believe it. I don't really think for me, it doesn't matter if I believe it's true or not so much, like in terms of like the veracity of those studies or what Russell Simmons or anybody else says about it. If we all meditated all the time, <laughs> there would be no war because mm-hmm. we'd all be meditating. Yeah, like maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I notice that I'm more able to like disengage some of the compulsive tendencies because I I related to you know some of the stuff that you were saying Mike and you Bianca about you know like just like the the cheesecake and running like that sort of math going on in the brain about pleasure you know and it can be about food and exercise but it can also be about anything you know like like in the context of a relationship like just to go back to you know a breakup moment like one of the things that I noticed in being back together with this person the second time, or I guess it was the third, whatever, just like, doesn't matter, but um, <laughs> was that I was able to, not perfectly, but like I was more able to, you know, silence some of the worry, the anxiety, and that sort of thing. Not all of it, but like definitely more than I had been able to in a prior iteration of us. And so it you know, some of that is about physical fitness. Like I think, and so for me, that's been an experience that I've been able to like be less overthinky. Uh, the thing you're just saying reminds me of like when I was uh, in October last year, I was, I was, I just gotten out of a relationship uh, a few months earlier that had been like a two year relationship. We've been living together. And there was another person that had been, like sort of on my radar that from the past that was maybe going to like, I wanted something to start with this person, uh, but things had been sort of messy the last time and they had sort of disengaged. And, but my mind was sort of still on that situation. But I remember I was in, in Los Angeles walking down in uh, the Griffith park, like from the observatory. <clears throat> and there's like a, a part of the the walk where there's like no cell phone reception for me uh, at least at the time. And I remember I'd been thinking about her and my life and that thing. And I was like, in those moments, I was like, the only thing I can do right now is walk down the mountain. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, this relationship isn't going to start or move forward. Like nothing's going to change. Like I can't talk to her. She's not here. She's not in, you know, any, she's hours away from here in some way or another. So I'm like, whatever, like, so my mind understood, I was like, well, this is like, that's on hold. Like this, this is my life right now. The mm-hmm. only thing that exists right now is like, I don't, you know, I don't have a phone that works. I don't have anything. I only, all I can do is move forward through space and time, like literally down the mountain. And like, I can move forward. I could like run if I wanted to. Like, that's the only thing I could change is how fast I'm moving through space and not time. Time is. And so for me now, like meditation is like, a min- and it felt good, I guess is the point there, yeah. is that I was glad to have a break from like, well, what's going to happen? Well, it doesn't, doesn't matter right now. Right now, just walk down this mountain, just be in the moment. And that's what meditation is like every morning now, like I used to before I ever started, I was like, well, I have so many things to do. Like, I mean, I'm not going to read all the books. I'm not going to watch all the shows. I'm not going to listen to all the podcasts. I'm not going to make all the podcasts and make all the comedy and the songs and have all the coffees with my friends, like all the things in life that I could want to do. I'm like, how am I going to like add another thing? And the thing I'm adding is almost nothing, like literally Mm -hmm. like taking away like conscious, you know, like focusing on things or whatever I understood meditation to be. But it adds. At the time. Oh yeah. I mean, and it also, I was like, what am I going to, 
like stop watching one of the shows that I watch that doesn't matter. <laughs> yes, I'm going to stop watching almost all the shows that don't matter. I'm almost, I probably will not watch all the shows that quote unquote do matter or could matter. Like I would much rather like engage with, you know, any one of you or all of you. It's nice to do it all at once so I can watch a show. <laughs> but like, you know, if I was going to spend an hour with Liz, an hour with Catherine, an hour with Bianca, like that would be, I would, mu I feel much more whole as a human being spending a day communing with, of course, I also need time to myself and time to shut my brain off and or engage with art. But meditation, you know, there's a thing they say, like if you don't have, Catherine, is this what you're going to bring up? Yes, the, I was going to ask you to say what you're about to say. Uh, <laughs> they say if you, uh, if you have time to meditate, meditate 10 minutes a day. And if you don't have time to meditate, meditate an hour a day. Mm -hmm. And like, so adding this thing to my life, which already my life is, you know, as a comedian, I don't have a specific, you know, place that I go for eight hours a day. I, like my every week is different. Every day can be different. And so I can imagine like if you have the same life, day in, day out, you know, 50 weeks a year, five days a week. Like, it's good to have different things each day. Like, oh, I should do, yeah, I should go on a vacation. I should do a different thing on the weekend. I should try something new after work. I should go, you know, not just go home, cubicle, home, cubicle. Mm -hmm. But And for me, who do, who's like all the time, it's different things. For me, I think it's valuable to be like, oh, every day, wake up. And if I have time right then, which I usually do unless I have to get to a plane immediately, but like almost every day for the past more than six months, probably like getting close to a year, uh, I've been meditating. I like the first thing I get up and before even like checking my email before anything yeah. meditate and do it. Now I'm up to like, I started with 10 minutes and now it's 20 minutes. Now I just found out there are like 30, 45, 60 minute ones. Like, and it used to be like, you know, the 10 minute ones used to seem long. And now the 20 minute ones are sometimes just like, it doesn't even, it's not about how long they are. It's just like, oh, this, they all have their own sort of arc and narrative and like a focus and maybe a visualization and a thing that's happening. And for me, initially, I just, I trusted, I think like Liz was saying, like, uh, I trusted that it would do, like, I hear it's good for you. Yeah. Like before I ever took mushrooms, like when I was like 25, I had read this book about enlightenment uh, this story called Planet Without Laughter by Raymond Smullyan. And it was all about, he's like, imagine a planet that where there used to be laughter all the time and people understood what it was and now they know what it is, but nobody actually knows how to naturally do it. Like they can be like, oh, laughing, like ha ha ha. But <laughs> like that when you're fake laugh, but you know, if you know what real laughter is, you can tell when something is fake laughter, even yeah. if it's like, oh, ha 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 ha. Like, you know, you can tell the mechanics are there, but the soul of it is not there. And the, the an analogy in the story, it was sort of an allegory about our world and how like our connection to like mysticism and enlightenment has been lost by many, but there were like these laugh masters or mystics that could help people regain. And I read this story and like, I couldn't tell I, that it was literally a thing that I would experience because I wasn't yet there. But like when I did mushrooms, that was the first time that I experienced a thing that I'm like, oh, I'm not saying that I'm, you know enlightened like you know like the buddha or the dalai lama or a monk or any individual person but i'm like oh this is what that story is talking about this thing in my brain that now i can access at times and i don't all the time and meditation now helps me get there and before i ever started doing like this headspace meditation i would do uh starting a few years ago ayahuasca ceremonies which are also in they're sometimes called meditations and it's a thing where a substance goes into your body and then like a thing definitely happens in the brain. Right. And like, you're like, I mean, maybe for some people it doesn't, but that's the, the idea is this plant goes in 
and le lowers some levels of an inhibitor and increases levels of DMT, and you go into this, you know, met for lack of a better term, meditative headspace. Mm -hmm. And so when I started doing meditation with the app and not ayahuasca, uh, along with it, um, that'd be interesting to do both. But uh, hmm. I was at first just, you know, quote unquote, going through the motions to be like to learn sit there, listen to what the guide says, you know, about sitting and breathing and focusing and counting and then visualizing. And for a while, I was just like, well, I trust that it will, you know, that either worst case scenario, it's good. It is good to like take a moment. And I think I, I would think that I felt good after. And so mm -hmm. I'm like, so I guess I do feel good after. Like, I don't know if there were some objective measures that could be taken, but after like, Huh, I do feel calm. Like my mind would be sometimes like racing at the beginning and be like, what about this? What about right. that? And be like, if you get distracted, okay, that's fine. But then like, just try to, yeah. you know, breathing does, you know, affect your body in a physiological way. So even if it's just that, mm -hmm. as opposed to all the other, you know, things that the guide is saying to do, mm -hmm. but then sometime after doing it for maybe like three or four weeks, uh, I had one experience where my I felt in my mind that I did have like a thing happen, like a miniature version of what happens on ayahuasca sometimes, where mm. I felt like sort of overcome and filled with an act with an actual like not otherworldly, but uh, not other dimensional. Like I'll say everything, it's not uh, just mm. an experience. Uh, like it filled with this space, this sort of you know this colorful, like emotional spiritual kind of feeling. And I was like almost crying and I was like, oh wow, this is, and at the time, you know, I was like, this is meditating correctly, you know? <laughs> and then, I, and then it all poof goes and we're like, right. oh, well, that was okay. Don't right. think. And so like, there's like ways that it can't be named while it's happening. And yeah. like me describing it now, you know, maybe you can get an idea of what it's like, but it's sort of, you know, in, if you, if you haven't experienced it, then, you know, no explanation will do. And if you have experienced it, then no explanation is necessary. I think that's uh -huh. Aquinas about faith <laughs> and, uh, but about, it works for this too. Yeah. And, uh, but so that was after that point, I was like, oh, this is a real, this is a quote unquote real thing. I have now witnessed the actual effects, uh, mm -hmm. that seem like it's not a placebo that meditation changed. Like I wouldn't have had that experience at that moment if not for the weeks of meditation that I did. And then like the next day, maybe it was similar, but not as powerful. And then then there's like, you know, ebbs and flows where some, some mornings, like I'm, I am focused and some mornings I'm like more scattered and, but it's just a question of like, you know, there's, there's no, there is no wrong, you mm -hmm. know, I guess sometimes I'm like, oh, what did, what did you say? Am I supposed to, what was I and like? And that's just for me, part of it, you know, like yeah. I do my best to focus and listen and do the things right because I know that by doing them, they will have uh, quote unquote, the desired effects because over the course of time, I'd say there has been like a positive trajectory of learning, being calm, being comfortable, sitting more. And also for myself, like letting go of, you know, what might have been in the past at its extremest, the most uh, obsessive goal of having all the life experiences, having the maximum, like being able to like, oh, I know I can't read Like what are all the right things well, to read no, and do? Right. And there it, it's, it's an interesting practice, I think, because there's no way to cram yeah. meditating. Like I was just going to yeah. say a couple things that mm -hmm. I was thinking. Um, just the idea that everything that you choose, everything that you do with your brain 
unconsciously or consciously affects your brain. And that just popped into my head. And I think like- Into your brain. Into my brain. And I think that for me- Talk about me, I'm your brain. (laughs) I think that for me, um, I do get super overwhelmed, just like anyone else with, um, you know, the minutia of life, et cetera. And I have a very specific- coping mechanism that I just sort of fell into, which is maybe what I would call like dirty meditation. It's not great. And I'll tell you what it is. I put a nicotine lozenge in my mouth and I play Candy Crush while I listen to a podcast. Mm. And that's basically like engaging every single one of my physical senses at the (laughs) same time, distracting my brain and stimulating something in my brain with the nicotine. And I think like I've been doing this for years now and it helps me, but I think that it's an unconscious choice that I'm making Mm -hmm. to do that on some level with my brain where it's like, okay, this is like a relief. It's like eating the cheesecake of this type of practice. How often do you do it, do you think? Every single day. (laughs) Um, And yeah. And so I think like a lot of people find themselves, I mean, whether it be going to the bar and having like a bunch of beers or getting high and watching TV, like these things that we do to try and like pet your brain like a kitty cat Mm -hmm. and make it not so agitated. And if you decide to do something different that's maybe, you know, recommended by Russell Simmons, Mike, Liz, Catherine, other people, it's something worth experimenting with. And the app of Headspace, it's not like, you know, David Lynch is saying, okay, pay me $10,000. I'll give you a special word and you go sit by yourself. Yeah in a quiet room, which I'm sure is great. I don't know much about TM, Mm -hmm. but this app is, is such that it's like a very lovely British man is there with you just sort of like guiding you through this thing and you're guiding yourself through it on some level and you're committing to relaxing your brain in a more conscientious way rather than just taking like overdosing on nicotine every night Mm -hmm. and like playing a bunch of levels of Candy Crush. And so I don't know. I might, I've, I've fantasized about deleting all of the Candy Crushes Mm -hmm. um, because I play like all the different ones because you run out of lives and you have to sort of go around. (laughs) Um, But it's so scary. And I feel like that is. That's like your breakup. It is, it's, I mean, it's kind of embarrassing to admit, but it is like something that I really value because I'm so afraid of like losing that me time, mm-hmm. which is defined by all of these very weird specific behaviors. Mm-hmm. May I ask just a hypothetical question of the three elements of that? If you had to give up one, which one could be? Nicotine, nicotine, candy crush, podcast. Which one could you? Could you do only two? I could do yourself. I could do nicotine and candy crush. No podcast. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. But you imagine doing like podcast and nicotine, or just podcast and candy crush, and 
think those are less that's, appealing. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> don't make me do it. Yeah, I don't, I guess I don't even know. Like, I, some, like for the past month and a half, I've been traveling more than I would normally. Yeah. Which is good because I like accepting work because my work comes in spurts sometimes. Uh, and like the work is enjoyable, but sometimes the traveling can be extensive or, and that's not even the, the thing of like, I just like being at home and like being in touch with uh, the people that I care about in my home area. Uh, but just, and and then if I'm like driving six hours a day and then doing a show, then driving three hours and then getting to the next place and doing a show, like there isn't as much, you know, like I'm listening to podcasts in the car, I'm listening to music, like, uh, but I don't have as much, like I guess downtime like I used to, there would be sometimes when I would just, well, at a club for a week, just like watch seven hours of a TV show. Mm -hmm. um, and I mostly won't do that now. Like even a show that I like, I I think there's something in me now that I'm like, during the day, I like, like my work is enjoyable, but it still feels like important to work. And like maybe, you know, one day a week, if I'm like, ooh, like a brand new thing that I love just came out like I mean well it has happened like I loved The Good Wife and you know the recently on cbs.com or something The Good Fight a sequel show just put out a first season that ended it before now it's been over like I was waiting for it to end so that I could watch it all at once like with one membership yeah uh, you know like one <laughs> week of free membership or like just buy one month's worth or whatever right and I haven't yet gotten to a place where I'm like oh I have a day or two days or three days where I think I would be able to watch that, you know, seven hours or 10 hours or whatever the amount is. And so I'm like, I'm glad, like I used to, as a kid, I remember thinking about like, what happens when I die and I haven't finished reading all of the comic books? Like, will, will they have the Savage Dragon uh, complete archives in heaven? Will I be able to watch all of the shows that I, I'm, like, it's funny, like, the idea that there's these, like, you know, must-see things that yeah. exist now. But, like, you know, for my grandmother in 1950, like, she didn't know that Breaking Bad would be a thing and also doesn't care and hasn't watched it yeah. and only cares about The Price is Right and Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. And uh, mostly not The Price is Right anymore since Bob Barker left. But uh, left Earth. It's just not Earth. the same. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, now, I'm like, imagine, there's part of me that's, like, I think I wrote a joke that was something, like, I hope we never... Uh, like discover other alien civilizations in my lifetime because like what if they have you know shows that are great and like I don't even finish my Netflix queue from Earth you know and I really like I'm like and what about what are the must see shows from like we didn't know before now that like you know that Atlanta would be a show or Fargo or uh, you know a couple years ago and like in 50 years like so it's like nothing it's funny uh my friend Zach Sherwin who Liz knows, and uh, you guys, maybe Catherine has talked to on the phone, and Bianca, you're maybe just hearing of now. Zach Sherwin, he's wonderful. Um, he uh, just the other night had an, like we. He has this joke that I don't know if he's done on stage, but like he doesn't watch tons of movies. He watches way less TV than I. Like if I ever recommend something to him, it has to be of like the highest caliber. Uh, I have to, he has to be like, are you sure you're going to recommend this? Like, does spend his time doing a lot of other stuff. And uh, so the joke of like when people are like, you you got to see this movie. Like, right. I can't, oh, I can't believe, 
I can't believe you haven't seen this. Like you are, you know, deficient if you haven't seen this. And he'll be like, I can't, he's like, oh, you, you, you say, I haven't seen this. I'm like, I can't believe that you don't know how good it is to not feel that way. Yeah. I, I purposefully won't start things because I know I'll get too caught up and maybe not be able to, you know, leave the house or whatever. But so people, you know, right now it's The Handmaid's Tale, Mm -hmm. which is a must-see. And I did read the book. So I know what's going to happen. Yeah. And I can talk about the story and I can talk, you know, but like they're basically, these people are asking me to give them, you know, 10 hours of my life and all this anxiety about not. It's just, it's like we can connect. We can still like talk about everything. That I remember. I, it, I used to watch things like when they were on, like before like binging became a thing. And, but eventually like when things existed on DVD, like I liked being able to get a season and then like I would sometimes watch it in a weekend. If we're like lost, I watched all of the first season, you know, two years after it came out. And then I started getting the second season on like Netflix DVDs. I just did that with the West Wing. Yeah. I mean, it's great. And like you can, and you don't have to, and you can't get to everything. But now I remember I did it with like, I started watching 24 uh, when it was on and I was like, Ooh, wow. Oh God. Oh, it's so exciting. And then after like a couple seasons, I stopped. And then like three years later, I was like, Oh wow. There's like, I could get these seasons out of the library and I caught up and then I was caught up and a group of friends of mine was like this online community of comedians uh, was like, Hey, uh, like in this, you know, are you, who's watching 24 this season? Like, let's talk about it. And I was like, I guess I want to talk to my friends. And so I started do watch engaging with it again in the way that I now chose not to, that I don't normally like to, uh, only so that, I mean, so that I could interact with my friends about it. But ultimately I love interacting with my friends, but that's not important to me. Like right. it, talking to my friends about a specific show isn't like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like they say the great people talk about ideas and then it's events and then it's people right like and then below people is uh tv shows Uh, (laughs) i I mean you know gender being a social construct as it is but it seems to me like there's this trope that men are have a hard time talking to one another unless it's about something specific and maybe like choosing to not exist within that paradigm anymore is like a little bit, I don't know, funky or has like a little, that's like a little weird because I don't know what else you're going to talk about. I'm culturally queer. (laughs) I mean, yeah. I mean, most of my friends who are, you know, male identified, let's say, uh, are not of the quote unquote conventional, normal, like archetypal, Mm -hmm. like heteronormative, uh, ilk. Uh, so that, I mean, that's important. That's not that I couldn't be friends with such a person. (laughs) Like, I'm sure that there are people that I engage with who are like more, you know, like quote unquote dude, like dudes, whatever that even means, which isn't even really a thing. But like these days, like I like when people, you know, care about what they care about. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, and I think it's as human beings, we categorize and it's, I'm categorizing human beings as Mm -hmm. things that categorize, uh, because that's like been useful evolutionarily. We're like, you know, that, that type of 
berry will kill us, that type of animal will kill us, like this type of situation. Anything that's un unusual is potentially a threat because we don't know what to expect from it. If we're like, oh, this is a thing that I've seen before, that means it didn't kill me. Mm -hmm. um, unless it's been lying in wait, you know, <laughs> like a sociopath uh, or death by a thousand cuts, you know, yeah. like little by little. But uh, I think, you know, there, the variety is the norm and everybody is interested in or can be. There's so many things because we, the, the benefit of there being so much culture, so many differing, you know, communities and products and services and art and entertainment. Like it used to be that everybody was like, you know, well, what's on TV tonight? One of three things, you know. And now, like, there's, it, just for entertainment, you know, there's podcasts and web series and all Candy kinds Crush. of, exactly. <laughs> and you could have, you know, you could have a, a whole, I'm sure there's people that do exactly what you do. And you could have a community. I haven't met one yet, but. <laughs> well, you could start If you're it. out there, <laughs> I love if you. <laughs> you like the idea. But um, it, it's nice that because in the, this world where there are so many things, now it is sometimes even more meaningful to, like, connect with people being like, oh, like, here, we have, like, these three to seven things in common, mm -hmm. like like Liz and I, let's meditate together. Like Zach and I, let's, you know, go to vegan restaurants and, you know, talk about rap and, you know, the kind of word fun that we like to have. And, you know, with having as many interests myself as I have, you know, you I can connect with as many people on whatever, like, and it's also just interesting to me, like you have a, a fitness podcast. I am like, not, not, not into fitness. I don't know how many knots that is. Like, I wouldn't be like, fitness is my number one you know, thing to do or talk <laughs> about. But, uh, but I'm like, oh, I like that you have a thing. I like when people have things like I'm mm -hmm. into specifics. Yeah. I like, as opposed to the painting with the broad brush, like, you know, the, whether it's gender norms or just societal yeah. norms. You're of like, generally into specifics. That's what I am. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I think, I mean, for me, this podcast started because I, can't could never get a handle on you know like the buffalo chicken pizza mm -hmm. narrative i'm not oh i'm gonna be really into running like my mom's into running i grew up around it i'm gonna start running well i'm not gonna run today well now it's nine months later and i haven't run so just trying things and trying to talk to people and see like how they negotiate these this part of their lives and I mean, with meditation, I think from our conversation now, my takeaway is like, as you think consciously about your body, your brain being a part of it, and how you want it to feel, look, you know, move through the world, how much strength you want to have, like that same level of attention can be paid to your mind, your brain, and you don't have to like cope by you know right. smoking weed and watching tv or playing candy crush and doing a nicotine lozenge you can just sort of decide and make and if that's what you decide to do then that's great but you could also decide to do and this isn't an ad for headspace but you could <laughs> decide to do it or you could just read a book about meditating or you could just sit quietly by your goddamn self and stop fucking complaining all the time and i would say uh like i think i think Catherine and i have talked about this recently and i read it somewhere as well like the idea of like when people want things you know they're like what do you want in life you know like whether it's a promotion or a new car or a better relationship or you know 
ability to afford a certain thing, like whatever the things are, the products, services, like that, those things like can't be what you want, like for real, like what you want for real is like the way that those things make you feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you want, because that is all you have is your own conscious experience. Uh, and so if somebody was like, oh, if you're like, oh, you want a new car? What if I told you you'd get a new car, but you'd also, you would be sad. You'd be just as sad <laughs> as you are now. Uh, like I objectively can show you that that is because, you know, our brain states are in general uh, not, you know, stagnant, but we have, you know, I think research shows like sort of a natural baseline, you know, of which we can, there's spikes if you win the lottery, then dips if you lose a limb. But if you're happy and you lose a limb, eventually you'll be your your general happy level that yeah. you were before. But, and I think that you can change your baseline in some meaningful ways. Like, you know, if you have enough, you know, money, food, shelter, like that's obviously those are number one. But once you have, if those are taken care of, which, you know, I don't mean to be blasé and those aren't taken care of for everyone. So like, those are the things like getting enough sleep and, you know, eating when you can, if you can, when you need to, and, you know, having your, your health and your home and and those things like taken care of for a lot of people, those are like, that's what everybody is struggling to do. Right. But then even so once past that, uh, if you do get past there, then the question is like, then what? And so many people, uh, like it's just important to acknowledge that it's it's what's going on in your mind that is like your whole lived experience. Like, mm-hmm. and you know, your body, keeping your body fit in certain ways does impact, like it releases chemicals that help your mind and make you feel certain things. And, or like maybe it's all your gut bacteria. We don't yeah. know. There's- you know, free your mind and the rest mm-hmm. will follow. Mm-hmm. I've heard that. In by song. Wise philosophers. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this is a very inspiring time for me. Me too. And um, before we wrap up, mm-hmm. I'd love to, um, the people who listen to my podcast might not be the same people who listen to yours okay. or your stuff, Liz. So please, if you'd like to tell them about anything at all that you want them to look at. Oh, sure. Media or otherwise, do it now. <laughs> Liz? Um. Yeah, I mean, my name's Liz Glazer, and I feel like, you know, I put stuff on Instagram at Liz Glazer and also at Penny Project. So that's probably the best Check place. it out. And Catherine. Catherine. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't want people to know? No. Okay. Catherine's just a mysterious. <laughs> yes. Just try to find Catherine wandering just look for the me. world. <laughs> She'll be in the sky. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, uh, I'll, I will not be a mystery. Uh, Mike Kaplan is spelled M-Y-Q-K-A-P-L-A-N for now. And, uh, that is my website. You know, you put it .com or Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or iTunes or YouTube. I, and I do have a podcast that Liz has been a guest on and Catherine has oh, yes, been okay. a guest on. Yeah. And you're uh, gonna find her, be- detectives. <laughs> <laughs> and Bianca will be a guest. On, hey now. <laughs> uh, and it's called Hang Out with Me, and it's on the Keith and the Girl Network. At uh, if you can go through it, my website or keithandthegirl.com/slash/hang. And my latest album that came out in 2017 is called 
no kidding. And it's mostly about not wanting kids. Yay. But you can like kids. You don't have to not like kids. You can you know, be who you are. <laughs> be specifically who you are. And that's what I want you to be if you want to. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much thank you. to all of you for stopping by. Um, and I'd like to thank the listener for listening, if that's what you're doing. And I'd like to thank my friend Bill Wadman, as I always do, for helping me with everything that there is. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, Bill. Hey, Bill. Thanks. We love you, Bill. <laughs> and um, I love you. Bye-bye. I love you. Bye-bye. <laughs>